Welcome back, everybody, to the Female Footballers Podcast. My name is Cassie Gray, and I am your host. Today, I am joined by our mentor director, Haley Lucas, and our mentor, Jordan Elliott. Welcome, ladies. Hi, guys. Hi there. We are on today to celebrate and discuss the importance of the International Day of the Girl. Today is the International Day of the Girl, October 11th. The International Day of the Girl focuses attention on the need to address the challenges girls face and to promote girls' empowerment and the fulfillment of their human rights. It was a day of observance by the United Nations, and every year they have a theme. This year, the theme is digital generation, um, and it's digital generation, our generation, which really focuses on the diverse pathways um, that technology provides for our females and how to get young girls involved using digital platforms. Um, so today we're talking about all of this um, because in soccer, we feel like there's um, sometimes pushback about the need for these types of days. There's pushback on why girls should be treated or coached differently. So we're just gonna discuss in our own opinions the need to observe these types of days and how they play a role in coaching young female athletes. Um, so first of all, I think it's important that we discuss um, why we observe this day at Female Footballers, especially this theme, Digital Generation, Our Generation. Um, for the past year during COVID, we uh, created courses, online courses, when we couldn't be out on the field helping young girls in a mentor platform. Um, and instead we created these online courses where our mentors could connect to um, female athletes in a way uh, that is outside of just a local area. And two of these women on today are those mentors for these young girls. So I would love to hear from you guys in your thoughts about how, um, how a digital platform like our courses or our upcoming mentor program or even our college uh, pathway type of community um, which is all digital based um, is, in your opinion, um, helpful and important for young female athletes. So Haley, let's hear from you first. Yeah, so I would first start by saying that while COVID, of course, was and continues to be just very challenging and devastating to kind of the social interactions we've had and kind of the opportunities, I think in another way, it's been really wonderful in opening up the opportunities for connection. Um, for me personally, I probably wouldn't be involved with female footballers to the capacity I am if it weren't for Zoom and having those kind of opportunities, um, just because I am based in Europe and not being able to attend a live meeting. So from that perspective, I think this digital generation um, for everyone has been really important in that is kind of reshaped how we meet and how we connect with others and kind of our ability to create community, especially that we're able to have such a diverse group of mentors from all over the world here. We're able to connect with these young players in a way that we wouldn't be able to um, without this format, or at least not as easily. And similarly with the college program we're launching, which is essentially kind of a student athlete development platform for women soccer players across the country, those opportunities wouldn't be afforded to um, players because they can't all connect and meet in the same place at the same time. So I think it offers a really unique way to bring diverse groups of people together, which benefits all those involved, youth athletes, us here at the organization, um, and all the impact we're trying to have. 
Absolutely. What are your thoughts, Jordan? Yeah, I honestly couldn't have said it better myself, Haley. Um, but I think this, the theme of uh, the International Day of the Girl this year is particularly interesting because so often the negatives of the digital world and social media and all that stuff are, are what's talked about. And that's kind of the narrative that is driven around social media. But I think um, similar to appreciating how it's brought us together in this you know, pandem pandemic driven world, uh, I think I wouldn't be able to be a part of female footballers as much as I am. Like it being, um, having Zoom and, and being able to connect with you all on a weekly or monthly basis, like has provided that much more of a connection that might be harder in a world where we had to drive to meetings or everyone had to be in the same lo location to connect. So I think that's really interesting. Um, one other thing I just wanted to highlight is that I think for social media and for women's issues specifically, I think it's given women a platform to voice what's going on, the inequality that they're facing, to raise their issues to the forefront. Um, and we've seen it in the last two weeks with everything going on in the NWSL. Um, you know, we have players posting about it on social media. We have, you know, Alex Morgan doing that Twitter thread that um, gains so much attention and I think it, social media and, and our digital tools that we're all so familiar with these days have provided a pathway to really like bring women's issues or bring our voice to the forefront. So I think um, I really like this theme actually this year. I did too when I first heard about it I thought it was kind of a weird one but one of the things I really love about it is that um, in, a, in our program, specifically for female footballers, there's many girls across the country that don't have access to female coaches. They don't have access to female role models and mentors, and they might be in a small club with all-male coaches or even a large club with all-male coaches. And we find that coaching a female athlete from a female coaching perspective can be really empowering, just a powerful thing. And so getting to mentor these players um, that wouldn't have access to, to women like us, I think is really, really important. And we've found that a, a lot of our mentees, uh, which we've had in multiple different states, um, and we have mentors all across the world in a way, we have Europe, we have here, we have Canada, and they, um, you know, you're able, like somebody like you, Haley, who's in Budapest, is able to meet with a girl from a small town here in America. And it's like pretty powerful because in her, everyday life, she's not going to have access to a female like you. So I think it's incredibly powerful starting at such a young age um, to have that. And although I think we've seen female footballers, some of the digital um, stressors that this you know, pandemic created for young girls, a lot of them didn't wanna be on Zoom or it was hard to get them involved. I think post pandemic, we're gonna see that, that, like you just said, Jordan, that this is a pretty powerful tool it's all in the way we use it and how we view it, I think. Other thoughts? I think you guys both nailed it. <laughs> um, well, I think uh, when we think about, you know, um, these special days where we highlight women's issues and girls' issues, um, some people, we get pushback. I think that the women's soccer world, especially in the last two weeks, uh, we have, we're known for bringing up inequalities and issues. You know, I think it's 
fairly known all across the world that the, the sport of women's soccer is probably the loudest sport when it comes to inequality, whether it's pay inequality, uh, gender inequality, racial inequality. Um, and as we just saw a lot of the abuse allegations, uh, you know, coaching uh, and treatment equality uh, as coach to player relationships go. And um, I'm proud of that. I think that, you know, people get frustrated hearing that, but there's a reason that we're fighting for all these, you know, issues. And it's because there's a lot of inequality being a female in general, but being a female in this sport. Um, and, you know, it times up. I mean, I love that movement because it's such a great way to put it. Like times up, it's time to call everybody out on that this could be better. And um, so for me, days like this, International Day of the Girl is highlighting that, you know, girls deserve basic human rights. Um, and uh, in our sport, um, you know, I think that it's time is up on the types of coaches and parents who view uh, mental health and mental skills in a way where they're not as important as physical. And um, time is up on, on getting to kind of expect your players to meet you where you are as a coach and some of these types of issues. I mean, I don't want to take over, but what other thoughts do you have on, on that? Kind of connecting this to some of the female athletes with coaches and some of those things. I think kind of a um, topical thing in terms of just you mentioning International Day of the Girl, I think when we post about these kind of days, there are so many different types of days out there, international this and that. I think that whenever you see that sort of thing, I think it's also a moment for reflection. It's not just about girls, but it's maybe the relation that you have to girls and the girls in your life. So whether that's a daughter, a sister, um, a player of yours, um, kind of taking that responsibility, um, whether it's just thinking about it on this day or kind of every day, but thinking about these relationships and these issues. And I think that's a big reason we support this day is just one, bringing awareness to a lot of these things um, and just having a conversation and opening up about it. But I do think the International Day of the Girl is particularly impactful with all that's going on and with the coaching player relationship um, and having coaches kind of reflect and think about what their approach is to coaching, how they interact with their players, especially being female, um, because we've seen there are so many intersections and in how sport impacts um, this group differently, mostly because of how they're treated and kind of the approach and how we, um, how we cater towards female athletes and what that looks like. So I think International Day of the Girl, just from a very simple um, standpoint, is a, is a moment of reflection for any woman in your life or any girl in your life. And particularly for us, it's how coaches are seeing the girls that they're coaching. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'll just add that I think there are two things here. One being that these days are meant to help us. I personally, I think, remember, you know, a time when women did not have equal rights. And, you know, in some cases, in some countries, in some places, that is still the case. And so um, that was the second part that I was going to say, like, the key word here to me is international. I think um, it's really easy to think about, you know, it's going on in the US, in the NWSL, 
like I think of this day in a much broader sense, like the inequalities that women are still facing around the world, um, whether it be in politics, whether it be in sports, um, I, I, they're still so prevalent. And I just think this day is really special and unique in that it is like an internationally uh, celebrated, I think you said, Cassie, like it's recognized by the UN, like that is, that's huge. It's not something that's just specific to one region, you know, one town, one city, one country. It's, it's an international celebration. Absolutely. And, and I think if you're, if you're listening and you're a coach of female athletes, I think that, like you said, Haley, um, it's really important that, that you realize that female athletes are different than male athletes. And although the game of soccer is the same, we play it slightly differently because we are different genders and people. And I think that that does matter sometimes. Um, and I think today's day and age, like we're talking about this digital generation, we have a new generation of youth players and their outside life of, from soccer is very different from 20 years ago, 30 years ago with players. And we have to keep up with the times as coaches to know that um, although, like you said, Jordan, these inequalities are still prevalent, these girls are um, inundated with more kind of awareness of those inequalities because of the digital situation. You know, girls are on social media at younger ages, seeing the way people are treated. They're so with the news cycles today compared to when I was young, they're so much more aware of the things that are kind of against them from a young age. And so as a coach, you need to be very aware that their world is different from what you might've grown up in, even if you're a female coach. And we need to you know, acclimate to their world a little bit more as coaches. And I think that um, with everything, even if we're referencing the NWSL in the last few weeks, I think we're in this soul search for how do we go forward in making things better? And for us, we focus on youth female athletes starting at age 10, and we feel that it's important to start changing uh, a little bit of the way you do things as a coach or a parent, because what we've been doing isn't working. And it's continually creating those same inequalities, even if they're possibly more minimal than they were when I was a kid, that doesn't matter, they're still there. Um, any last thoughts on that? Because I think it's important that we get to um, how we can help coaches or parents um, look at coaching and parenting female athletes slightly uh, differently than men. Do you have any other last thoughts before I go into that part of it? I was just going to kind of touch on real quick how we've talked about the, the differing landscape of kind of what girls are dealing with today. And I think there's often an attitude of, like you just mentioned, this is the way it's always been. So we have to continue it that way and not adapt with the times potentially. But I think looking back on maybe what are some things that we can adjust using these digital tools and catering more towards the non-soccer stuff. Like what we focus on is the mental skills and these parts of the game that have become so central um, they've always been central but have really become publicized as central to the performance and I think coaches parents players just recognizing that performance on the field only gets better when you pay attention to those things by adding this extra time the extra emphasis on ridding the sport or our world of these inequalities we're not just 
trying to make change for no reason or to make things easier. It's these things have strong causal relationships to everything. When someone is mentally strong and can is equipped to deal with these challenging situations, they perform better. They're able to handle more difficult situations. So I think thinking about change is a good thing, not only because it's the right thing to do, but it drives performance and you'll get more wins and results when all of those things are handled properly. Absolutely. Any other thoughts, Jordan, on, on any of this? No, that, that, what Haley just said kind of hyped me up though. I <laughs> couldn't agree more. And, and it's just like, yeah, looking at it from that perspective makes it mean that much more too. Absolutely. Yeah, it was very well put. Um, and so I think our goal of this podcast today was to connect these types of days and, and these observances of days like this to how can we tangibly help empower these girls in small ways. And so if you're listening and you're a coach or a parent, we have like five tips to give you as takeaways today in going back into your community or your team or your home and trying to infuse a few of these tips will just start to help with a little bit of that empowering these young girls um, in all kinds of ways, whether it's digital or not. Um, so the first way um, that we wanna kind of give a tip to when you're coaching or parenting a female athlete, um, one thing we feel that needs to change and, and have a focus is let's normalize, let's define, and let's consistently practice culture and mental skills for young female athletes. So whether you're a coach or a parent, you can help define what those terms mean, what culture is, what mental skills are, and you need to implement a way to consistently practice having a culture be a part of your program or your home and infusing mental skills in a daily way. Um, and if you don't know how to do that, um, that's what we're here for. That's what we do. Um, but, you know, um, I think that that touches on our podcast from last week where we're talking about the NWSL and how they're having, you know, a culture crisis, basically. And I think all of soccer in America is. Um, and we feel that, you know, having these discussions with your daughter, if you're a parent and asking them, you know, how's the culture on your team? Do you notice, or do you know what that, you know, what that means? I, I trained two girls on Thursdays, uh, private trainings for female footballers. And I asked that question to both players. Do you, know, do you, do you feel like the culture feels positive on your team? And one of them looked at me and was like, what does that mean? And I was like, wow, we, we need to have these discussions more. And these girls are 11. They, they're capable of understanding this. Thoughts on that? Normalizing, defining, and consistently practicing culture and mental skills. Any thoughts? I would say it's the same thing as going outside and doing 20 minutes of ball touches. It's the extra work that you have to put in. So coaches, parents, encouraging your kids to put in that extra effort to do those consistent skills, just like they would want to go out and juggle. Um, both might not be su super fun at times. We don't want to do it every day. It does entail work, but that's how we, we talk about turning um, consistent practice into habits. And then you no longer have to worry about it at some point because it's just something that you naturally do, but it does take work. 
Yeah, I agree. I think culture is one of those intangibles that you can't, oftentimes you can't really like touch it or pinpoint it exactly. Um, You can definitely influence it and you can feel it, but it's not something where you can, you know, I feel like directly see it. You have to talk to people and and understand what's going on and get the dynamics of a team to really understand what the culture is like. But I think if good culture is not there, it is going to be a direct, um, it's going to have a direct effect on the team's performance. You know, you could have the best players, you could um, do as many uh, ball skills and ball handling and and be as technically um, great as you are. But if there's no culture and, you know, you're leading scorer doesn't want to pass the ball and is too proud. And, you know, you have a coach that's not um, helping to drive a better culture across the team. I don't think you're going to have success. So I think, um, yeah, I think for all the coaches listening, like that is so, 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 so important. Um, And it'll ultimately make your performance on the field better. Um, So yeah, it's definitely not something to be overlooked. I think culture speaks volumes even though it is one of those intangibles that you can't often you know physically grasp I totally agree you can't it's definitely an intangible but it's definitely something you can put time towards as a, as a coach like stop your session or start your session with a, a team meeting you know and as as a family um same thing like if you feel like your family culture is off like have a family meeting Um, about these types of things and say if something feels off and I know coaches you feel when things feel off the players feel when things feel off and a lot of the time with female athletes we internalize so much we ruminate over so many of the negative things said whether it's from a coach or a teammate that we don't take the time and practice to really navigate and get through those things and then it eats at your culture so starting a practice and saying you know what screw the first 30 minutes I don't care about technical skill we're going to discuss and talk about um what's going on you know like anyone have anything to say and oftentimes girls aren't going to want to talk about it in a big group setting so offering a a space where you bring out paper and pencil and people can just write it down and put it in a fishbowl with no names you could do that um you know you could send email checks you could do one-on-one meetings with players there's so many different ways to check on your players in a mental capacity and at the youth level starting at age 10 that is huge so that's our first tip, which would just be to, again, normalize, define, and consistently practice uh, culture and mental skills. Our second tip for coaches and parents would be the three to one ratio of praise to criticism. So although all players are different, they're going to handle critiques and praise differently. Um, we think it's really important, even those players who you feel are your strongest mental players, they still need to hear positive things. And so the idea that if you're gonna give a player strong criticism, which is totally necessary, let's not you know, be too uh, flowery in this, players need critiques, they need to hear it straight sometimes. Just be aware that they also need to hear positive reinforcement. So, and it doesn't necessarily have to happen in the same sentence. Um, but it does need to happen. So if you're going to critique a player on something or you end up yelling at them in a game, circle back and give them a little bit of praise. And as a parent, same thing. If you're going to criticize something about your your child in a soccer sense, 
those car rides home can be brutal, make sure that you are finding positives within their game. And those positives can go along all four pillars of soccer. You know, maybe they're really struggling technically and they had a rough game with their touch. Circle back to those other three pillars of things that they do did, or they did well and use that as, as your praise. And again, it doesn't have to be in the same sentence. What do you guys think about that three to one ratio of praise to criticism? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think instilling confidence in your players is so important, even your star players. Like the mental side of the game, no one can really, you know, no one's inside every player's head. You can't know what's going on. And maybe they're the best player. Maybe it seems like every, you know, they're always happy. They're social. Their teammates love them. But you don't know the internal pressure that they're putting on themselves or maybe that their parents are putting on them. So I think from a coach's perspective, it's honestly a responsibility to instill confidence in your players. And it goes, the same thing goes for the culture thing. Like, if your players are confident, they're going to play confident. They're going to act confident going into a tough opponent. Um, I think the biggest difference between players, and I'm, I think we've said this a lot of, a lot of uh, times, whether it be on a podcast or in our meetings, like the difference between players, especially at the college level, is their level of confidence. And I think coaches need to understand that a lot of that is driven by them. You know, I think to a certain degree, you can obviously instill confidence yourself and you know there are, are ways to to drive that but I think the external factor of being a coach and having that such a close influence to a player's confidence like that's a responsibility that um, I don't think should be taken lightly absolutely Haley do you have any thoughts no, I think that's great. You guys kind of echoed everything. Um, the only thing I would say is that it's harder to accept criticism when it's the only thing you get. Um, so I think that when someone takes the time to say what you do well and how they value you and how you're important, there's a trust that's built there by having those honest conversations. And then the criticism, which is meant to be constructive, ideally, the reception is going to be much easier um, and it's going to drive results. Absolutely. Um, the third tip we would want to give to help empower young girls on days like this and always would be um, as a coach or a parent, try to separate the player from the behavior. Um, and I know, and, and if you're a parent, separate who your child is from the behavior that you're seeing. Um, I know I reference a lot in these podcasts that I'm also a teacher and that's something as a teacher that I have to do and it's really hard. Teaching and coaching is very much the same. And coaches, I think that you, you're gonna see, especially post pandemic, a lot of different behaviors you're not used to seeing in your players. And I think it's important that you're able to separate the behavior from the player because you're often, you, you're, you tend to be reactive, right? We wanna react to that behavior um, and it's important that you sometimes don't because that behavior isn't linked to who that player is a lot of the time. That behavior is linked to what they might be going through. So to attack players with more empathy um, is really important, especially post-pandemic and knowing a little bit more of their story. And this is why one of my frustrations with the, the youth system of having 10 teams in an age group and tons of 
movement at you know ages eight or ten is frustrating because players don't really get to know their players on the level they need to to really you know make the impact that's necessary um but again trying to separate those behaviors what do you guys think about that i agree nothing to add on that one yeah some of these are same pretty, here yeah um the second or excuse me then the next would be um Take time to hear how each girl likes to be spoken to. Um, that's a huge one for us at Female Footballers. That's part of, we have a whole course designed around that, our motivation course. Um, we feel that the age of expecting your players to do what you say in your way is gone. Um, if you still feel that way, you're definitely, you know, um, a part of a, a kind of an older culture of coaching. and. That's not to say that the players rule the world and that you have no power or anything like that, but um, finding out how they each tick and what works for them and how they like to be spoken to is, is your job. It's, you know, it's differentiating your, your abilities to motivate players and that's your job as a coach. Um, and so there are many different ways you can learn about how they like to be spoken to. A simple conversation helps. Um, but uh, that's definitely something we do too, so we can help you with that as well. Thoughts on that one? I think that's great. Um, that's something that as a player myself, um, it was really helpful when coaches or even just bosses took the time to get to know who I was and to understand which way I like to be spoken to because like you mentioned, everyone is different. And if we treat everyone the same way, we're not going to get 100% out of everyone, which ideally that's what we're hoping to do. So that little bit of extra in the catering, and of course there are going to be times where we, coaches yell at someone on the field in the moment because it's very emotional. And of course that's not ideal in some situations, but just kind of having that thought of, okay, this person responds better this way. I'm going to get them to give me more because I'm giving them what they need. Any thoughts, Jordan? Yeah, I'll just say, I think everyone is different. Like no two people are the same and that's how coaches should approach their, their style of coaching. Um, I think the way that you talk to someone versus the, like the way I would like to be coached is probably different from the way Haley would like to be coached. And I just think like that, that goes for everyone. That doesn't go just because me and Haley are like, you know, who we are I'm just using an example of like no two people are the same and I think that's like something that's easily overlooked um what what you'll be able to get out of one player by saying something is not doesn't mean you'll be able to get the same thing out of another absolutely our last tip for coaching female athletes um and a way to help empower girls um would be to talk less and listen more. This makes me think of the Hamilton line, doesn't it? Talk less, smile more, but um, talk less, listen more. Honestly, if as a coach or a parent, um, the reaction that you have is, is game-changing. And if you can respond rather than react, um, that's gonna be pretty powerful. And what we mean by that is when you respond, that often isn't an, uh, quick, a quick thing. Your response is often going to uh, include the ability to kind of navigate what just happened and analyze it. 
and reflect on it. And then there's a response. A reaction is more um, instant and um, coaches often react uh, in a in a game setting or even parents do, you know, to something their female athlete says or does. And um, we're so intent on reacting and responding right away that we're not really listening. And I think when we go out to do team set, uh, sessions at female footballers, we often just sit and we observe and then we tell coaches what we're observing. Um, when I work with a team and we do a team building activity, I have the coach take notes while I talk. And I'm telling them, hey, do you notice this? Do you see this? Because I see this right now. And a lot of the time, they're just not listening. They don't hear the little things being said under the breath of different players. And when you're an outsider, it's easy because you don't know anybody um, and, and your job is a little different. But um, I think this past week, uh, I think a lot of people in the NWSL spent some time listening too. You know, it's at every level of our sport. But I think the the level that gets listened to the least is our youth level because they have the least amount of power as young girls. What do you guys think? I'm just going to add this reminds me a lot of the very dreaded or pleasant, depending, but usually dreaded car ride home after a game um, with the parent. And in my, in the episode that I recorded with my mom a few weeks back, we kind of talked about how like there were times where my mom did say stuff, which didn't get the best response from me. And it was a little tense versus other ones where she took more of a listening approach and I was able to kind of get across my frustrations or thoughts or whatever that was. And then she could articulate um, some of those ideas back to me um, to kind of be a sounding board um, or offer her opinion that way. But I, Feel that the listening more and it's something I try to do in other parts of my life as well to try to continue to grow as a leader um, that listening helps you to make more informed choices and better responses to people that are more meaningful and helpful to everyone involved absolutely Jordan last thoughts on this one no I think you both nailed it yeah so I think overall um our goal for this podcast was sort of to one, let everyone know it's International Day of the Girl, to celebrate that, to spread it around and make sure that we're all acknowledging days like this because ultimately our young girls do need to feel empowered and it's not something that we do with just giving them a shirt that says girl empowerment or, you know, there's many different ways to infuse um, empowerment into our young girls and it doesn't have to just come from women. Um, if you're a male listening, um, thank you, first of all, but if you're a male listening, um, you don't have to be female to have female empowerment. I think that the tips we just gave, that was uh, for anybody, whether you're a coach or a parent um, or an administrator, um, but I think that these tips are, are ways to infuse that empowerment so that young girls do feel that they have equal rights and they'll grow up to feel that they um, deserve them and that they'll fight for them. And um, so everybody listening, thank you for listening. And um, we hope you enjoy your International Day of the Girl. Any other things you guys wanna say? Nope, girl power. <laughs> yep, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you guys for joining us and, um, and thanks for listening.